Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today Dewey is taking a day off, so you're stuck with just me. And today I wanted to cover some more questions. I'm I'm loving you guys sending me questions. They're awesome, and uh, they're very smart questions, and they're things people should know. So I'm going to tackle probably four or five questions today. We'll see how much time we have. But this first one says, Hi, I have started listening to Cat Talk Radio, and I'm absolutely loving it. Molly prompts people to reach out with questions and resource needs, and I thought I'd try that. Thank you for trying that, by the way, and everybody else listening, send me questions too. She says, I'm having a specific issue with my cat, Squash, who's five to eight years old and is a rescue baby. I've had her for about five months. She's so wonderful, and we have no issues at all, other than the fact that she continuously demands for food by meowing and herding me toward her bowl, which I keep in my bedroom. I would love to be pointed in any direction that will help. Any specific podcast or episodes or blogs or resources I should look to? Well, interesting that you ask. You are actually one of several people that has asked me this question recently, and I'm planning on doing an upcoming episode on Why Is My Cat Always Hungry?, but to to answer it in the meantime, I'll tell you that cats really do have, you know, relationship issues with food just like we do. So, you know, depending on if she lived on the streets and was a stray before being rescued and never had ample food and, you know, was always hungry, that that can make her crave food more than a cat who's always had food when it's time for food. You know, some cats also, even if they have lived indoors their whole lives, just aren't able to regulate intake. You know, it's kind of like a food obsession. Like with people when there's no off button, you know, they don't have the ability to know that they're full. And it's really, 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 really important that we feed our cats good food, good species, appropriate food, the right amount, and multiple meals throughout the day. A lot of people think, well, if their cat's obsessed with food, if they just leave dry food down and free feed dry food, then they can just eat whenever they want. That's not a great idea for a couple reasons. One, they they do overeat and dry food tends to be very high in carbs, which causes spikes in blood sugar and can cause mood swings and can actually contribute to some of this, you know, obsession they seem to have with food. And it's just not natural. Food just isn't laying around in the wild. You know, they they eat very specific meals throughout the day. So leaving food out all the time is just, it's not great psychologically or physically for your cat. 
So there could be lots of reasons, but make sure that you're feeding good food on time. Establish a routine. All that also helps so that the cat doesn't feel as insecure about, well, I never know when food's going to come, so I got to just beg for it all the time. Um, they, you know, they can, they can get that way as well. So if they know food is coming at, you know, seven and one and six and 10, then that tends to calm them down a little bit. So I hope she calms down once she gets fully settled into the routine there and that this, this helps for you and keep tuning in, um, for my, why is my cat always hungry? Cause that is coming up also and hopefully they'll, you'll have some more deeper dive answers there. Got another question from Amanda. She says, I've got a quick question about my cat, Toby, that I'm hoping you can answer. Is there any reason it's harmful to put a little t-shirt on him for a few hours per day? I ask because when I put one on him yesterday, it's freezing here and I thought he might be chilly. He turned into a super calm cuddle bug. I was even able to let him and Azur, who's the dog, interact, and he didn't try to chase her at all. He walks a little funny with it on, similar to when he has the harness on, but it doesn't seem to bother him, and he doesn't try to pull at it. I take it off when he's unsupervised. Just curious if this could be functioning like an anxiety wrap of sorts, although it's not really that snug. Oh, Amanda, this is an awesome question. And you know, I, I have thought about this in my head actually over the last year or so as I see people posting pictures of cats and t-shirts and costumes and things like that. I've also wondered if those tight shirts have that same effect on cats like they do on dogs, the the thunder shirts. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's really any real answer. At least I don't have any scientific research data answer for you. But I think it really depends upon the cat, obviously. You know, the, each cat is an individual and each cat tolerates and feels things differently. For instance, if you were putting shirts on your cat since he was a tiny kitten, he's going to be more conditioned to that and feel more secure in shirts. Whereas if you've got a new cat and you're doing this as an adult, he may not be liking it as much as you think he is. You know, I think one of the ways to tell is if he's, you know, walking funny, like you said, then it probably doesn't feel natural to him. And the behavior that you're seeing that appears to be calm, cuddle bug, maybe more of a, it's not comfortable to move in this thing, so I'm just going to lay here. And if I lay close to mom, maybe she'll take it off me, you know? I think cats have plenty of ways to keep warm without shirts. I mean, my goodness, we have 80 million, estimated 80 million free-roaming cats across the United States. That's just a U.S. number. And um, they seem to do fine during the winter. It's not like that population drops severely during winter months. So, yeah, they feel cold, but they've got a lot of thick fur to keep them warm. And so I don't know that they actually need a shirt. You know, I, I don't know that it's absolutely the best solution. 
I mean, if he's walking funny, I think that's a good indication that he's uncomfortable with it. And I'd probably recommend that you skip the shirts. I know they're cute. And you did. You sent me a picture of him in his little shirt. And it is pretty adorable. But I think I'd skip that so that you're avoiding any possible discomfort. Because the other thing is they begin to associate us. You know, we put the shirt on them. So they're associating us with that discomfort, and we don't want that to be going on in their heads as well. So air on the safe side, no shirts. Put the shirts on the dog. They're much more amenable to stuff like that. <laughs> and it's a cute dog, by the way, too. So I have another question here from Sharon, our lovely Sharon, volunteer Sharon. She says, I'm wondering if cats sleep more than usual when the weather is cold. Harley's been sleeping a lot this week, but I remember he did that too in December when he and I were here in the low, low, low temps, just chilling on the couch. So I'm guessing so. I'm sure he's okay. The last blood work showed he was healthy early in December. So I was just wondering, do cats sleep more than usual when the weather is cold? Good question, Sharon. <clears throat> and I think the best way to answer that is, Cats do have a circadian rhythm like we do, which basically means, you know, you, you hear about the circadian rhythm in terms of diets that we're supposed to eat during daylight hours, which is why they say eat dinner early before it gets dark. Well, obviously, in the winter months, as it's getting dark at five o'clock, you know, you, you have to take off work. No, don't do that. I'm just saying, you know, facetiously you, universal you, not you, Sharon, would have to take off work to get supper in before it gets dark. But cats also operate on that same system. They're very, very, very sensitive to light and dark. In fact, female cats don't go into estrus, which basically means, you know, they're, they're having periods and they're menstruating and they're able to create offspring unless there are so many hours of light during the day. So their bodies are super in tune to when it's light, when it's dark and times of years. So yeah, I would say they do sleep more than usual in the winter months because there's less daylight hours. They're also crepuscular, which means that they hunt more at dawn and dusk, right? So if dawn and dusk is happening you know, in a narrow time frame, then what are you going to do with all those other hours? They're probably going to sleep more. So yeah, I think it's it's normal. But I also think you're you're thinking along the right lines. Anytime your cat is sleeping more than normal, you just want to make sure that there's nothing medically going on. Make sure the appetite is still good. You know, there's not lethargy in other ways. And I'd say if you were concerned about it, you know, get out a wand toy and try to engage him in some prey play. Or maybe it's time for a fresh catnip kick sack to wake him up. You know, that doesn't mean that they don't still need environmental enrichment when it's dark outside. So do try to Maybe even step up the environmental enrichment a little in the winter months when you know that he's more apt to be sleepy and less active. 
I wouldn't overdo it, you know, because their bodies kind of do a natural thing and and certainly react to a natural internal time clock. But um, yeah, go ahead, engage in more. And, you know, if you're worried about other things, then I would definitely schedule a, a vet visit as soon as possible. Thank you for sending in a question, Sharon. <laughs> and next question is from Douglas. And this is a good question. In fact, this is a question that relates with my work in shelters because this this often comes up in shelters. Douglas asks, when I go to bed, should I leave a light on for my cats? I feel bad about just plunging them into darkness when I shut the bedroom door because they're not allowed in the bedroom at night. There are small night lights in the bathroom and the laundry room, so the whole house isn't completely dark, but should I go ahead and leave a light in other parts of the house on for my cat when I go to bed? Excellent, excellent, excellent question. And the answer to that question is similar to the answer to Sharon's question, and that is no, you shouldn't, because it's natural for cats to be in dark at night. You know, I guess if they're living outside and and, and my mind always goes to what would they be doing in the wild? Because these guys really just need us to simulate the wild as best as possible indoors. And unless they're living in an urban setting where there are streetlights and things like that, they're going to be in total darkness at night. And that's okay. That's natural for them. In fact, there are scientific studies that show that if you don't provide total darkness for them, that it interrupts their circadian rhythms and actually can cause some physical and physiological and psychological and emotional disturbances in their little bodies and routine. There is one thing you can do if you need lights, you know, and we, we again, we say this in the shelter all the time because shelters are often very light places at night and and these poor animals don't really get a natural cycle of day and night in a sheltering system. So if you need light or you know your your employees in this case need light, cats can't see red light wavelength. So get red bulbs, red light and put it in and they're not going to be able to see that. That won't disturb their circadian rhythms and yet the people will be able to see and not you know, stub their toes and stuff like that, moving around a shelter or moving around the house if you elect to do that at home. So red lights are safe. Otherwise, and if you don't need those night lights in the bathrooms, then I would unplug them and make it as dark as possible out there. Cats also, you don't have to worry about them not being able to see in the dark because, oh my gosh, their eyesight in dark and dim situations is so much greater than ours. They can see just fine. So no lights. Great question. Keep sending them. So I got a sad story and a good question from Barbie here. She says, one of our two 15-year-old cats passed away one week ago. I'm so sad for that for you, Barbie. And I'm looking for advice on how to tell if our surviving cat would be happier if we adopted another cat. I know you have spoken before on the show about people jumping to the wrong conclusion by assuming their cat wants a buddy and that many times cats prefer to be solitary. 
So far, she seems to be acting relatively normal, as far as we can tell. She may be cleaning herself more than usual, but other than that, she's eating, playing, and sleeping in her regular spots. However, they were quite close, often grooming each other, and especially when they were younger, play fighting with one another. While our deceased cat was usually the one to initiate it, they would sleep beside one another, cuddled right up to each other often. He would often climb into a bed she was already in and squish himself in where he couldn't even fit. And while, again, he was mostly the one to initiate it, she wouldn't exactly get up when he would do this and seemed to be content with the cuddles. Any advice you have on how to determine whether or not she would be happier with another feline companion? This is a great question. And this is a question that everybody needs to pay attention to because I see this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And, you know, first of all, even if your surviving 15-year-old cat was mourning the loss of a bonded pair mate, that no way indicates that she would accept a new cat, right? And and I always hate to anthropomorphize situations, but in this case, I'm going to. Think about how you would feel if you were mourning the loss of your spouse and someone shoved a strange younger man into your home. All right, wait, maybe that's not a good analogy. Because <laughs> you might like that. But <laughs> um, Okay, so scrap that analogy. <laughs> but think about a 15-year-old cat. Unless you got another 15-year-old cat, then... First of all, there's going to be a lot of mismatched play styles and, you know, the it's, it's just not going to go well when you have a 15-year-old cat and a new kitten or a young cat even come into the home. The young cat wants to play a whole lot more than the older cat does and, and it's liable to really piss them off. So, and, and it, you could adopt an older cat as well, but, you know, they're kind of like people. They build relationships with a particular cat and maybe not another cat, and you never know. And since your cat's 15, why risk, you know, why risk what year she has left being miserable with a roommate that she doesn't like? You know, we see this in cat shelters and sanctuaries where there are a lot of cats free roaming. You'll see that cats will bond more with a certain cat in the clouder and not others. It's very, very interesting. And I've had people bring home cats to introduce to their cat and it didn't go well. And they try again with a different cat and all of a sudden their cat decides they, they like that cat. So it's really kind of, kind of interesting and nothing has been done to determine what is it that that cat is sensing in one cat and not another to make it like one and not another. It'd be great if we knew. Well, it would be awesome because we could do a much better job at pairing up cats and have a lot less cat inter-cat aggression. But, you know, if if mourning, if, if your cat were truly mourning, you know, that surviving cat is often going to stop eating and stop grooming. And it sounds like she's eating fine and, and grooming fine. I've also seen where that surviving cat 
you know, with that abrupt change in routine and loss of a companionship, they get very vocal and howl at all hours of the day and night, you know, and this, again, anthropomorphizing onto this, it, you know, it could be wandering around looking for the other cat and they're certainly looking lost. Um, you know, when they're depressed, they're like us, they're going to sleep more than normal. Now they normally sleep 16 hours a day. So I don't even know how that's possible, but (laughs) they may be sleeping more than they normally do. Not like the previous question in terms of different time of the year, but in direct association with this loss, you know, and it's not at all uncommon that they become super clingy to the humans in the house since they're missing the companionship of their feline friend, you know, and, and I've heard people say that all the time that their cats actually get, you know, more attentive and more interactive with them when one dies. So I think the best thing you can do is step up the cuddle time, you know, do a lot of, of treat time, pray, play, all those interactive activities. So she's not missing that time with her buddy as much, but you know, she may be blossoming into a personality that you haven't seen before. And I hear that a lot, that when a a bonded pair, one cat passes, that the other just blooms into this confident, active cat where previously they were a little bit of a wallflower. So you never know what you're going to get. I will say that, you know, each cat, of course, you know, reacts differently to each situation and and grieving is, is important for all beings and she needs to be allowed time to do that. So I guess my answer would be no at 15. I wouldn't recommend you get another cat. Let her be the solo cat and you step up and take the place of the buddy that she's lost. Um, yeah, I, I'd say... I'd say no on that one. I, I do not think that, while I do think they form close companionships and relationships, I do not think they they need another buddy when one dies. Not at that age. You know, if they were two and very active and things like that, then that might be a different answer. But at 15, nope, stay the course, enjoy what time you have left with her, and then get a pair of kittens when she goes. All right, that's all we're going to have time for today. Thank you so much for sending me questions. And if you're listening and you haven't sent me a question, send me one. And if you're listening and you have sent me a question, send me another one, because I think these episodes are helpful. They're they're questions that if they're on your mind, they're going to be on other people's minds too. And so I think it's good that we get that out for everybody. So send me questions. Oh, and you can do that by emailing me. You can email them to molly at cattalkradio.com. I also invite you to help support the work that I do. You know, we provide this podcast and a lot of other resources for free. And I work a lot of behavior cases for low-income families that, that can't afford it. I develop a lot of curriculum and things for shelters to help the cats that find their way there. So if you too care about shelter cats and cats in general being happier, feel free to help support the work we do. You can send us a little donation or think of it as a tip for listening to this podcast today. All you have to do is go to our website 
and there's a store, it's a shop, we actually call it the Behavior Boutique. And down below all the products, there are different donation amounts you can send. You can just put it in your cart and check out securely with your credit card like you would any other place. And go ahead and pick up some fun toys for your cat. It's free shipping over $49. So, you know, if you send us a a $10 or $20 tip and then stack some toys for your cat in there, well, you'll get free shipping. So do that. And we're going to keep doing this, supplying all these resources and staying on the air with cat questions and problems and care topics, as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Sad fact, still true. Until next time, send me your questions and keep calm and purr on. Thanks for tuning in today. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.